0: Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews and good old fashioned shit talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown.
1: In this episode, we talk to the top brass at Old Elk Distillery about their brand and diverse portfolio of products. We also talk about diversity in the whiskey industry and how the West is quickly becoming a force with the brown. Okay. Pour something up and rock with us as we talk to Master Distiller Greg Metz and CEO Luis Gonzalez. Let's get it. Welcome to Black and Brown. We're sitting here with um, two of the people from Old Elk Distillery, the Master Distiller Greg Metz and their CEO, Luis Gonzalez. Welcome to the show, guys.
0: Yeah, thank you for having us. Yes, yeah,
1: it's cool. Um, so the the way we found out about your, your bourbon, thankfully, is um to my cousin here, uh, yes, our our historian, WH uh, Stevens, you see there, he yes. turned us on to the old elk. And I have to tell you, after tasting that wheat, he is not wrong.
2: Dude, that wheat is fantastic. Yeah, yeah he, so he, I'm a sucker for bottling, right? So I went yeah. to my ABC store and I saw it sitting on the shelf. And then whenever I, whenever I saw the bottle, I went home and I did some research and I you know, that's when I reached out to Elisa. a, a Lisa. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, she got me in contact with so, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty
1: crazy, too, because, I mean, we're geographically, we're in different locations. Like the the two of them are in North Carolina and I'm in Connecticut. And honestly, I haven't even seen the bottle uh, on the uh, shelf yet, you know, up here where I'm at. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So when I got it, I was like, OK, old out. you know, what's this about? Whatever. Cracked it and almost damaged the whole bottle <laughs> yeah, of the weeded <laughs> bourbon. Yeah,
2: that weeded bourbon is, is fire.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so Greg, can you give us a little bit about your background? I mean, for our listeners, I mean, we've done our research, we looked at it, but can you tell our, our listeners, um, you've been doing this quite a while, but, you know, how you got to start in the bourbon, just a little of your history, and then how you ended up here at O. Elk.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, for me, it started 42 years ago, actually, uh, uh, wow. way back. Way back in June of 1978, I was uh, oh, wow, <laughs>
3: oh wow. Hey, Greg, I was born three months later.
0: <laughs> blow the dust off. Yeah, thanks, Thank you. It's always about you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, truth of the matter is, I got into the industry by pure dumb luck. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, like I said in in the. Uh, in the spring of 1978, I was actually finishing up my chemical engineering degree at the University of Cincinnati here in Ohio. Wow.
4: And oh, nice. uh, actually, way,
0: way, back, way back then, uh, folks actually uh, came to campus to recruit for open positions that they had at their facilities. And as it was, uh, Joseph E. Seagrams and Sons was there uh, wow. recruiting for uh, positions they had at the uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana distillery, which was, uh, you know, I grew up in Cincinnati, so it was uh, really close, and it sounded really intriguing to me. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, I was familiar with the distillery. I'd been by it, you know, throughout my lifetime. And, you know, one of the things that always struck me was the aroma that came from that place. Like, wow, that that place. Yeah. That's, that's something else. But, uh, you know, beyond that uh, aroma, I didn't really know anything about uh, what they did there, who they were. Uh, I, I just knew it was a distillery. But uh, so the long story short is... Uh, you know, they made me an offer, and in uh, <laughs> uh, a week after I graduated, I walked through the gate of that distillery, and I think, oh, holy mackerel, you know. Right. Now,
1: now, did you start out making bourbon at that time, or was it just like all their spirits with, it was Seagram's, correct?
0: Yes. So, uh, you know, I, under the Seagram umbrella, uh, you know, they, they produced uh, uh, uh Five, about five different whiskey mash pills. Uh, they produced neutral grain spirits, uh, produced gin, and then we produced a uh, product called Batch Light Whiskey, mm. which was which was about uh, 70% of the uh, Seven Crown blend back in that day. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't start out uh, making anything right off the bat. And yeah, of course. Was, that was really because... Uh, you know, the part that I didn't know when I joined Serums was that I was going to get the best training in the world relative to becoming a master distiller. And that's because uh, what they did, their training program was all on the job.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. and, it, and and they put you through every department in that distillery so that you have an <coughs> understanding of how all the parts uh, connect at the end of the day so that you're producing world-class whiskey. So. Uh, really from 1978 uh, to 1992 uh, I, I spent uh, that whole time going through uh, all the various uh, departments uh, in that distillery and and one of the things about Seagrams was that it didn't uh, didn't matter who you were uh, what your degree was uh, how old you were whatever if mm-hmm. you joined if you joined up with Seagrams you were going to start in the basement. You started at the entry level, uh, uh, manager positions, and then you migrated through every department that they had in that distillery, and wow. until you reached the specialty that uh, that they had chosen for you.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds like a, a, a lucky happenstance that you got into something like right, right out of college doing that. But so so on the show, we like to ask our guests like a few particular questions. It kind right. of like whoever gets the first question, the second person has the advantage of being able to think about it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like one of those things, like the way you moved into the industry, um, what what really turned you on to like focusing mainly on bourbon? You know, what was that signature thing? Was it uh, a bourbon, a particular whiskey or a cocktail that really got you into um, the, the spirit heavily?
0: Well, I, I will tell you true that uh, uh, it, it was really the... Um, the values that the Seagram's brought to the table uh, uh, relative to tradition, uh, integrity, craftsmanship, and quality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in many ways, I, that's really the way I was brought up. Uh, uh, and those were all values that, uh, you know, subconsciously were all near and dear to my heart. And, yeah. you know, once I joined that organization, it was clear that, that they were all about uh, making world-class quality products, whether it be gin, grain spirits, whiskeys, second Crown, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah. and and, nice. and and really that um, <clears throat> those characters is really uh, characters and characteristics is really what drew me to Old Elk uh, okay. and drew, and drew me away from that facility.
3: All right, all right. So That's I so, so, so I, so I have a question, Greg. So all right, I, so. You know you you come from Seagram so you have been drinking a lot of I mean you know you have experience with a lot of different spirits right Yes sir But this is black and brown and yes, we and, and we love bourbon right yes, sir. Yeah now, that's true. now now do you also love bourbon
0: I, I I always enjoy a, a really nice quality bourbon. All yeah. right, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what
3: that's what we want to hear. That, <laughs> we we want to talk about like, the yeah. bourbon. Yeah, All right, that, and hang that, on, absolutely. hang on, and let me ask Louis. Louis, I mean, you love bourbon too, right?
5: Absolutely.
3: Especially so you are you're a bourbon guy.
5: I am a bourbon guy. Now
1: is it is it Louis or is it Luis? Luis. Say his name correctly. See, you're doing that all the time. It's Luis. Right?
5: Lo siento. I've been watching him sip on that glass here. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. And and I saw, I saw be, you so get yours right. as well. So, yeah, did, you know, man. yeah, yeah. 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 Luis, Luis Lo Siento. All right. <laughs> so, 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 Anthony, I want you to ask the question again, right? So, yeah. what was. So, so Greg, you have all these spirits that you've been, you know, distilling, and you, you, there's so much to choose from. But what right. what really turned you on to the brown? To I think what he's saying bourbon. is, what
1: was that one bourbon that made you say, "Wow, this is really good," and this is what I I really like doing. And I want to do it forever.
0: Well, back back in the day, uh, uh, Seagram's had a product called uh, called Henry McKenna. Ooh, oh, it, yeah! We yeah. know that guy. Uh, that was, there we uh, go. <laughs> there was, we go. Uh, that was one of our brands, and uh, <clears throat> it, it was a whiskey that that uh, really uh, you know hit my palate and there satisfied my palate. <laughs> there it is. And, yeah, there it is. Uh, you know, really, the rest is history. I mean, that's Cedars, it. it's it. had uh, you know loads of different uh, really high high quality bourbons, in but uh, Henry Henry McKenna back back in the day was. Uh, really what uh, moved my needle
1: forward. Wow. Can you imagine? Okay, so Henry McKinnon, now the bottle and bond is amazing. So if that yeah. one moved his needle then, can you imagine what that was like? Yeah, you know right. Exactly. Luis, Luis what is about you? I mean, yeah, what, what was it for you, Luis, since you know you got the advantage of the question now? So what was that one for you? Was it a bourbon or whiskey? Have you always been a, a bourbon drinker? And before you do that, tell us a, a little smidge about your background and how you ended up in your position now with O L.
5: Yeah, sure. So I, I ended up here at Old Elk. It's part of our uh, family of businesses. The family that owns this company also owns. Otterbox the cell phone case company right yep yep and so we really started this business back in 2012 and 2013 around that time which we'll talk about Uh, but uh, the way I ended up here was uh, the business was really ready to start scaling nationwide it was really ready to start layering some strategy on top of the business and then the structure on top of the strategy and and uh, it was time to hit the go button. There it is. And so I came from uh, came from Outer Products, where I was running certain pieces of the business over there. OK, uh, locally and globally and came over here and went from cases to bottles and hit the go button and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and there and off we went. So, yeah.
2: so um, how was that transition, though? I mean, you know, you went from selling, you know, iPhone cases or Android cases to to, you know, selling spirits. So how did mean, that transition go for you?
1: Sounds like it went beautifully.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, but how you can wake up and say, you know what, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm I'm gonna start selling whiskey.
5: You know, I think much like you guys have probably found with your podcast and speaking to different uh, industries and maybe speaking to different organizations, you know, a lot of growing a business and building a global brand and building that brand affinity behind a particular brand, house of brands, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, is really agnostic across a lot of industries. You know, you want to be customer centric. You want to bring the quality first. You don't want to cut any corners. You really want to know how to scale the business and drive the business from you know one case to a hundred million cases. And so a lot of that really stays similar from business, no matter what it is that you're selling. Now I was very fortunate and lucky to have, you know, not only Greg Metz join the team, but we have a phenomenal team. I mean the people that you know we have around uh, all of our employees, the people that I have around me, you know, really helped me learn the industry. And so it was one of those things that when I came into it, it's about being humble enough to say, hey look, you know, I understand how to grow, grow businesses. I understand how to take brands from nothing to something and build something out of nothing. But I'm, I'm not too proud to say I don't know a lot about the technical pieces of the bourbon business and the whiskey business, the spirits business. So it's a lot of perspective and a lot of listening and a lot of learning. You know, I always say that if you think you're the smartest person in the room, find another room.
4: yeah
5: Yeah, it's true uh, very true true. i've been uh finding a lot of rooms with a lot of our employees and and learning a lot not only from them but our distributors as well so you know the the foundation of growing businesses and and building brands globally it was there and then it was about really uh being being interested and being passionate about learning all the intricacies of this business and what really uh positions you to be successful here and so uh, I've learned a lot and we have got a lot more to learn so that's dope that's dope
1: knowing that like you can humble yourself and say I don't know everything and right. you can take that direction and look to your peers and sometimes those who may not be your peer for that advice in that direction <clears throat> So what what was it for you? What what uh, bourbon did it? Was it a bourbon, a whiskey, or was it a cocktail that kind of really solidified your love of the brown?
5: So I'm I'm uh, the more the more you get to know me, the more you'll get to know that I'm an incredibly loyal person, and I'm very much motivated by family and integrity and things. And, okay, uh, I always remember my grandfather more so, I think, to make my parents upset uh, <laughs> than, than anything. Uh, you know, dipping a finger in the bourbon and. Put it on my lip or something and say, yeah. you know, and then me, me kind of shaking a little bit. So, you know, it was almost kind of like uh, I had one grandfather that I'd always drank Miller life, you know, ponies and
4: mm-hmm. got
5: those. And the other one who always drank whiskey out of a plastic bottle and so, <laughs> uh, whatever was on sale was what he would drink. And so it was one of those, you know, memories of just sitting around the table and seeing my grandfather's uh, really enjoy a drink together in the family. And so, you know, what better industry to be in where if you do it right, you know, generations get to enjoy what you're making. And, yeah, right.
1: that's, true. that's true. Yeah. So
5: that, that was a big thing for me.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so we'll start with you for the second question and give you the advantage. And then, you know, Greg, will get a chance to think about this. So, um, we know you guys are, you know, you work for OELK, elk and you just said you are a very loyalist to the brand or whatever, but knowing that so with bourbon, we always try to hunt that one particular bottle. Is there one particular bourbon? You know, um, it could be something old oh, elk. We prefer, you know, nobody's going to judge you. It's a judgment-free zone. But what's that <laughs> one bottle of bourbon that you're actively looking for? That one that we like to call that unicorn that you're trying to find. Louise, first you, and then Greg, you could jump in.
5: All right. So, uh, I'm not just saying it because he's on the phone. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Met Select is a bottle that. Uh, that- oh, oh, Met Select. Okay. I didn't write that down. Really? And, uh, and uh, you know, it was a bottle that was made and, and developed by Greg and uh, his days at MGP. And, and I think that's the bottle, uh, <clears throat> the bottle that I'm trying to find and I want to find. And I'm trying to get it from the man himself.
1: Really? Wow. Well, maybe maybe go. he's got uh, three more out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the best answer in the world. That dude. was. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think he worthy. just went up a few points on getting that bottle.
5: <laughs> we definitely don't want to promote uh, promote people buying that one over ours, but yeah. <laughs> he's been such a special addition to our team and such a big part of our our family here in the business that, you know, that's a bottle I'd love to have on my shelf. So. Listen,
1: I'm not even playing out. I mean, the man is talented. That mash bill on that weed. I'm not kidding you. It is. I mean, we, we talked about this. My cousin and I Bill Bill is my cousin. If you guys haven't to the podcast. So when I got the bottle and I opened it, I I was sitting there tasting. I sent him a text. I was like, yo, this weed is amazing, yes, right? Sir. He texted me back. He was like, yeah, pancakes, right? I'm like, dude, waffles. <laughs> it, was, yes, sir. it was insane. So, yeah. so, Greg, what about you? What's that bottle... You are looking for it. Don't say Met Select because then we just have to mute you for the rest of the podcast. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go outside the Nine Dots. Uh, okay. You know, obviously we're proud and I'm proud of all the Bills that Absolutely. I've produced.
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah.
0: Especially the old Elf ones because they're very custom. But uh, actually, uh, I don't know if it's on the market yet, but New Rift Distillery. Uh, oh, yeah. Very, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. close to me. They, they have a 100% rye malt. Uh, really? Oh, Wow mash bill it's i know it's aging i've i've seen it in the barrel down there but okay. i don't know if it's on the market but uh, have you got I a
1: chance cut, to taste it at all or you just i
0: know? uh but i i know from uh we we made that years and years ago it okay wow uh, it's I, I don't know how to describe it it's like going to heaven but <laughs> oh wow wow <laughs> but, that is uh, that sounds great so yeah, and, and you know, the, one of the things about the the whiskey business is that you know, as much as we're all competitors, uh, yep. at the at the end of the day, we're all family, and right. I think everybody has the mindset that uh, there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so I don't mind at all, uh, you know, promoting or you know, talking about uh, somebody else's product. And what's what's nice about the new ref is it, it it's really uh, a it really kind of follows uh, old Elks DNA. They, they they're doing something to be different than everybody else, right. And and it's a an extremely custom Asheville, which I think is awesome. And you know, I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing that uh, hit the shelf so I can get a bottle of it. Wow! Fantastic. So so
3: Greg, that's a I love that because we we're big fans. Of, I'm a big fan of New Riff as well. And hmm. and when you bring that up, so here's my question. My follow up to that is. Do you, as a master distiller, do you get the hookup on like some <laughs> of that, some of the allocated stuff? Like we're all hunting, you know, Buffalo Trace antique collection, but
0: do they just, do you have inroads where you can just get it? Uh, truth of the matter is I don't, uh, you know, oh, I, really? I, I, I get treated just like everybody else. Oh, That's man, beautiful. That's that's, that's no, unfair.
1: that's kind of actually beautiful. Oh, it's like a yeah. level playing field. I mean, even though he knows, I mean, that's kind of awesome.
3: Yeah. No, but I was, I was going to slide him some money on the side and have a... Come on, dog, here you go. <laughs>
1: Can't you just be a regular guy for 20 minutes? Yeah, exactly. It's a regular guy. It's a regular guy. <laughs> All right, so so the final question we have in the warm-up round before we get really deep into the stuff we really want to know is, so on Instagram, you know, that's like these days, Instagram is where you find everything, where we get a big follow or whatever. So our last question, uh, kind of we came up with a hashtag over there. It's so like hashtag bourbon sounds like. To you, Greg, and then to you, Luis, what, what does the bourbon sound like to you? I mean, what, what did that invoke? Actor, movie, music? What, what comes to your mind when you enjoy your bourbon?
0: Well, I, uh,
1: it's a tough one, I know. It always puts people in, in that frame of mind. They're like, I didn't expect that question.
0: I, I, I'm going to say for me, if you could put a freight train coming through the tunnel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the freight train said old elk. It's like, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> get on the train because you're going to love it. Okay. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome.
3: I, I, I got freight train on the blended straight whiskey, by the
0: way. So I'm, I'm worthy on that. Really? I did. I did. I love. it. Unfortunately, I'm not musically inclined, but that's that's where my mind is. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's it. That's it. What about you, Luis?
0: Uh, I I think for me, I think about
5: uh, the songs that are are kind of big in my past and the ones that kind of help motivate or turn that switch on, if you Uh will. Yeah. Uh, And uh, and I don't want to sound too cliche here, but I, I played a lot of baseball when I was younger, and there was a certain part of that day of that game day where it was time to believe in your preparation and trust in your ability and turn mm-hmm. it on and yeah. that that was pregame and that was when you heard the song put me in coach
1: oh and, there it is uh, yeah.
5: that's how I feel about the purposes, <laughs> yeah. you
1: know? yeah. we've,
5: cared, we've had a long history of preparation we've laid thousands and thousands of barrels down and given it the time to really come to age and now it's time to, to put us in you know okay. we want to play Nice. That's what I think about uh, when I think about competition and whether we're prepared or not. It's like uh, we are. Put us in and let's go. Let's there it is. So we got a freight like
1: train a freight train coming down the tracks through the and train. Put me in coach. Put me in coach. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, that? That's Credence Clearwater Revival, right? Put me in coach. That's
3: him, Credence. Yo, cool. this guy is such a CEO, man. I love it. He's so polished. I Yo, love that is you, man.
1: Yo, two things. Two things they told him. They said, listen, do the interview. Don't damage our rep. <laughs> That's, cool. Uh, That's cool. That's, cool. They That's awesome. To make it. a bit well.
5: they, have to, they have to pull me back sometimes.
1: So. Really? That's cool. That's cool. This is relaxed. So, so okay. So now we'll get into just the basic discussion stuff. Probably our listeners want to know, but stuff that we want to know, kind of. Yes, sir. And you know, hopefully that'll translate to them. So, Old Elk—it's um, a pretty young brand, like you said, started what 2012, right? Um, we saw it won some some awards. You, you guys, I'm sure you'll talk about. But, but where did the name come from, and how did it all start? If you can share that with so, us.
5: Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to. So, we are fairly young, and, and there's, there could be a little bit of confusion on when we actually get the market just because the way that we approach this business, not right or wrong, because there's mm-hmm. several ways to, to, to launch a spirits business. You know, you can contract manufacturing, you can buy two year age, three year age, four year age. Heck, if, if you guys want to launch a four year age bird, then next month, you know, you could probably start working towards that.
1: Right. Yeah, um, we've heard that from but, people. Yeah.
5: yeah for, for us, not that it was right or wrong, but we took the approach of being very organic. So what we did around 2012, 2013, is we really sat around the table and said, okay, this is a business that we wanna go into. This is one that we wanna get right. And what is what is doing it right truly mean for us? And that meant that we wanted to put you know, the investment, the dedication and, and, and our focus towards the industry and really making several mash bills from scratch and racking up several thousands of barrels so around 2012 2013 is really when we started talking to greg and he'll tell you a little bit about that but we we went to him with kind of a, a very unconstrained um an unconstrained approach and let me tell you he took unconstrained to another <laughs> uh, he will tell you
0: about it you'll uh, love this story <laughs>
5: <laughs> he took unconstrained to another level but it was that time that we said, okay, we want to do four, five, six different mash bills. We want some to be really unique to us, very custom. And then we really want to leverage uh, on Greg's experience to do some of the ones that are just some of his favorite. Or right. ones that He's never been able to do. And so long story short, over the course of that 24 months, a year or two, uh, we laid up over 17,000 barrels. And we went back to work on our other businesses for four or five years. We didn't wow. So we really launched the business in 2018. I mean, 17, we were in Colorado only. And then 2018 was really the, the beginning of our of our hunt to, to become a national brand. And wow. today, uh, we're we've been working with our distribution partners and the hard work for a team to be accessible in all 50 states. So we, we grew from one state to 50 states in about 20, 21 months. That's awesome. Which was phenomenal. Um, But that's, that's really how we started was, you know, making the decision that we didn't want to rush this business. We really wanted to work together with Greg, develop mash bills. And, And really at this time, Greg didn't work directly for us until he'll tell you the story, late 2016, 2017, but it was, it was a big it was a big bet. It was a big investment and I think it was really all around our dedication to the industry and our customers and consumers to, to deliver something that's quality. Um, and that that's really how we started. And then last year we launched and this year we launched three or four of our other whiskeys and next year we'll have some more launches. And like oh, wow. like Greg said, there's a there's a train coming.
2: <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> Get on board, right? Get on board. That's yeah. amazing to me that you guys are sitting
1: on seventeen thousand barrels. I mean, yeah. that's just yeah, how does that? that's pretty awesome.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's hard to sleep at night, knowing that all seventeen thousand of them are leaking.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the angels, the angel angels share.
5: Angels
2: you, are drinking it too. Yeah, yeah. Man, you got got to pay taxes a of so, thirsty,
5: so uh, there's there's a lot going out of there. But, yeah, uh, true. true. But, Go so ahead do you age?
2: Um, yeah, so do you age all those seventeen thousand barrels in Colorado, or is it somewhere else? Where do you guys like age your spirits?
5: The majority of our barrels are, are there, really close to Greg in, in Indiana. Um uh, we have some barrels here in Colorado, so uh, both both spots.
2: Okay. So does it? I mean, so do you find that the aging process is a little longer in Colorado since it doesn't get as hot? As Indiana, or, or is about the
0: same. Uh, actually, I think we're going to find that it's going to be a little shorter. Uh, oh, really? Uh, the climate in in uh, Colorado is very arid, and, yep. uh, and of course, you got the high altitude. So, right. Uh, uh, the climate uh, in Lawrenceburg and Kentucky is very similar. It's uh, you get a lot of humidity yeah. uh, throughout the year, and then you get uh, you know a lot of seasonal swings, which Fort Collins sees that too, but. Uh, 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 humidity is a big thing, and altitude's the other. So, uh, but one of the things in Fort Collins that I think, when we, when actually we're in the process of building a full-scale distillery, but or designing it, uh, when it comes to doing the warehouses, I think we're going to have to put some type of humidity control in them to help limit the angel share losses because of that very arid uh, atmosphere. So the humidity helps saturate the air, which. Helps reduce the angel share losses, and yep. that, you know that's going to be uh, somewhat of a battle out in Colorado. But uh, because of the because of the arid climate and because of the altitude, I, I really expect that uh, things will probably age quicker than uh, than later uh, huh. compared to Kentucky and uh, Lawrenceburg. But uh, relative to the the effect it has on on the product. Uh, it, other than maybe having to harvest a little earlier than you might be used to, uh, I think the product will will be just fine.
3: Fantastic. Also, awesome, a awesome. question. So, so first off, I mean, Greg, you were the successful distiller at MGP, right? And they they coaxed you over to Old Elk, which I think is kind of like you know the Bulls getting Dennis Rodman right back in the day in the heyday. Is that is that a good analogy? No, not really. No, that's terrible. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right,
1: Dennis, Dennis <laughs> all right. didn't score too much; he just did rebounds.
3: All right, right, how about this? How about this? It's like the Lakers getting LeBron to come to L.A. to play, or for the KD how about going that? to the um
2: to Golden State.
3: Yeah, yeah that, there that, we go. Yeah, that might work, yeah. yeah. All right, there That's you go, like great. An analogy. So score but, for score. But so so you are this, you know, rock star, celebrity, master distiller. I know you're you're humble, so you so you won't admit to that, but but what would you say? So we're captivated by the backstory of bourbon, right? So all these bourbons, they have this backstory and and 1866, blah, blah, blah. Like, what would you say is the 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 one thing that that separates old elk? from everybody else. Like what is that unique value proposition for you guys?
0: Uh, well, uh, it's actually two things. It's, it's the values that uh, Kurt Curt and Nancy, uh, uh, it really insists upon in all their businesses. And I talked about a little earlier, it's, it's about, uh, integrity and tradition and craftsmanship and quality. Uh, and then the, the second thing is the people, uh, As I got to know Old Elk uh, over the course of uh, 2012 to 2016, it it became very apparent that uh, the company was built upon young, smart, passionate people. And, uh, you know, when they reached out to me in in 2016, I was a consultant for them for a, a short period of time. But in March of 2017, they offered offered me full-time employment to become their master distiller, and I was like, I'm there, man. It's it's uh, <laughs> I, I am literally the, the old goat in the crowd, and the rest <laughs> of the company, and Louise Lu, can correct me on this, but I, I think the rest of the company ranges from probably 24 to 44 for the most part. Oh, wow. And wow. again, they're, they're just smart, young, passionate people, and, and the culture is amazing. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot.
3: I'm going to make it hard for you because
0: okay. we asked
3: the hard-hitting questions on Black and Brown, right? Sure. By, hey, by the way, on, did man. you notice he called himself the old goat, which the oh, gr- great Greatest of all times. I, I, saw, I heard <laughs> that, Greg. I heard it. Greg's stunning. So, <laughs> so, so here's a harder question for you, Greg. So I can't drink. I don't taste culture in this, in this Glencairn, right? I can't yeah. drink people and values. So if we talk specifically about the liquid what would you say separates you guys from everybody else? Quality. There it is. Quality. Quality. Awesome.
0: Absolute. Absolutely. Love it.
1: Did and, you taste and, that wheat yet? Or are you still drinking the straight wheat? Uh,
0: anything, with, uh, anything with old Elks. Me?
1: No. Delvin is drinking the straight wheat. I asked oh. him if he had the weeded bourbon yet because that the weeded, weeded bourbon's bourbon is amazing.
3: I yeah, have had bourbon. the weeded bourbon. I'll pour that now. Yeah, it's very nice. nice. I, I've had Boy, both, you, and I'm still a fan of the, uh, the blended straight. Really? No, man, that weeded bourbon. Is o- over the weeded. Yeah. So, great. I have a question for you, sir. So, you, um, you develop,
2: or I guess, this, uh, this slow proofing process. Can you explain how you came up with that and how that process is different from like this regular, this, you know, just proofing down your, your liquid out you know,
0: out of the barrel? Yeah, well, uh, frankly, I didn't develop it. Actually, oh, okay. Kate, actually, Kate Douglas, our head distiller out there in Fort Collins, is uh, is, oh, who wow. brought, is who brought okay. that to the table. And oh, wow. I, although, although we didn't invent that process, uh, we certainly uh, adopted it. Okay. And, and uh, Kate was the big driver behind that. But uh, what it does is, is whenever you reduce proof from uh, barrel proof to bottling proof, it's actually a heat liberating reaction. So you, you're inducing a temperature rise into your product before you bottle it. Mm. And when, when you do that step in one one big step or two steps, you're putting all that, you're, you're uh, uh, unleashing all that heat into your product all at once. And it's actually enough to drive off the really uh, uh, high volatile congeners that you work so hard to produce over over the course of the four or five years or, or whatever. And uh, so what we do or, and what we found is that by uh, elongating that process from uh, a day or two to maybe a, a week or two, and adding the water in small increments over a longer period of time,
4: mm-hmm. you,
0: you actually limit the temperature rise that goes into your product. Wow. Uh, and, and that actually helps preserve the uh, really uh, uh, highly volatile congeners that, that are in that product that, that you really work so hard to keep. Wow. And uh, you know, for me, I, I use the analogy, uh, uh, more or less a carpentry term. So if, if you build a table and, and, and you cut it on your table saw, you're gonna have you know, a sharp 90 degree angle but if you use the slow cut proofing process and, and you route the edge, you round that edge and it just adds balance, integrity uh, and smoothness to your product because you, you've you preserved uh, congeners that, that uh, help make your, your your product less harsh. Yeah,
1: that was a dope analogy.
0: Very nice. I mean, I understood yeah, what
1: he was, said when he yeah. said with a slow proofing with the water and everything, but the table analogy just sealed it in.
3: Yes, um, sir. Yeah. yeah by, by I, the by the way, WH. Stevens got really excited
0: as yeah, you were explaining
3: that because yeah. he, who are you tell it yeah he, he, he's like our technician, so he, yeah. he he understands everything you just said. I, 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 I have no I have no idea. I have no idea what you just talked about.
0: Well, yeah. I, I tell you you can actually you can you can try it at home if, if you've got if you've got a cash strength product or maybe you've got a a, a high proof vodka yeah uh-huh. in your lineup just take your high proof vodka put it in a glencairn glass and if you have one of these lids like i've got yeah uh, just add some water put that lid on and, and and you can feel the heat in that glass you'll feel what? the you'll feel the temperature rise oh wow and then you'll stick you'll see like a steam start condensing on the bottom of that glass huh. like the watch glass
1: what, what temperature does the water have to be just just any temperature like
0: ambient it, it's, really, uh, and it's it's really a, a they call it a heated reaction technically, but oh. basi- basically because you've got high proof, that's a higher energy state. Yep. Yeah. When you reduce the proof, you're going to a lower energy state. Really, somewhat like air conditioning. So, so you're what you're creating. I just
1: happen to have some high proof bourbon on my shelf? <laughs> 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 I'm not going to tell you the name.
0: Yeah. But I think you might know. So if, if, if you uh, you know take take say take forty milliliters and add ten liters of water to that, and put it yep. in a glass, and yeah. and you will feel you will feel that it, it'll warm up. It's not going to burn you. It's not it's not going to right, out, but you feel the warmth. But it'll warm up, and and actually that's for the very uh, highly volatile congeners which have really low boiling points, much yep. lower than ethanol. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's enough to actually uh, drive them off or out of your product. I love it. Oh, very nice. I this, like it.
1: This week on Geek Speak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're either going to feel the glass
5: heat up or the next time you get a WH's house, every table is going to be routed in house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
4: yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: That is nice. I, my mind is blown right now i'm i'm thinking about what I, what i'm going to do now.
0: Well, just just wait till we get to ask you questions yeah, okay <laughs> well, there you go come on uh, i was like holy
1: crap It just took my train of thought all out <laughs> so um i i know one thing we want to talk so so um what kind of i guess I don't want to say all or what kind of um surprise were you met with when you said you wanted to make bourbon in Colorado you know because a lot of people assume it can only be done in Kentucky I mean every time we talk to people about that and we tell them no that's not it the makes criteria. bourbon
2: yeah right exactly say, you, you know that's, that's, that's Kentucky, not one of, the things. Kind of yeah. stuff.
1: so what what kind of conversation were you met with when that first came up um and Louise you can jump in or Greg you can jump in you know how did that conversation go from people
0: well I you know from my from my viewpoint uh you know, I don't know how much you know about uh, you know, my whole background, but I actually went through four ownership changes throughout my career in Lawrenceburg. So wow. I went from Joseph V. Siegerman Sons, which was 100% brand oriented, that distillery was built to produce all the products that went into the Siegerman brands.
4: Right.
0: And uh, 35 years later, after the fourth ownership change, we were 100% contract distillers. So, oh. under under the ownership of uh, the four and a half years that we were LDI Lawrenceburg Distillers, Indiana, uh, <clears throat> from 2008 to 2012, or a little longer, or yeah, uh, we were 100 percent contract distillers, and we, uh, you know, we still maintained our two biggest clients, which was Diageo and Pernod Ricard. Mm-hmm. And who jointly bought all the Seagram brands in 2002 when Seagrams got out of the business altogether. Right, But the, the, the distillery had uh, much more capacity uh, to satisfy uh, than just those two clients. So we aggressively pursued uh, third-party contract distillate sales for that period of four, four and a half years. And I, I you know, I don't, I don't, I would say that, uh, that, Lawrenceburg, Indiana really broke the ice and, and took away that stigma that that uh, you could only make uh, bourbon in Kentucky. I, th- yeah. I think we 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 during that four and a half years really uh, broke up that whole idea. Right. So so when I joined, uh, you know, Old Elk, you know, I I was already part of breaking that mold. Right. And so it was a very easy transition for me. Right. Uh, you know, but the the beauty of Colorado is it, it's it's got its own stigma, of, you know, the West and mm-hmm. and pioneering, uh, you know, new mash bills and quality and and pure water and mountains. So, yep. uh, you know, that's that's a, a a real uh uh that's a real extension of the, of the bourbon in the whiskey world is. Just being able to say you're made in Colorado, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, it kinda of, it <laughs> that kinda makes it special.
1: That kind of leads us to our next question. I don't know if dev if you want to ask it or um No, go for it. Yeah. So so what do you guys think about? I mean, you guys are basically leading the charge out west for brands coming out west. So what about other brands like yourselves, like High West? I think there's a uh, Garrison Brothers out there and we were talking to some smaller distillers that are farther out west totally. in California. Yeah, so so um what do you think about that charge? I mean, I, I love what's coming out of those areas, but what's your opinion?
5: Yeah, I mean, from my standpoint, I think it's great. I think it's great to see the support for the industry. I think it's <laughs> great to see the passion that people are bringing to the table to either develop a product for a very small regional approach or, in our in our sense, you know, to go against the big guys. right? And I think uh, a lot of people do a lot of a lot of great things and do a great job building the brands and and making those connections. So it's, it's fun to see, uh, more whiskey, more bourbon. You know, come out of places other than Kentucky. Although you know, have a great respect for Kentucky and starting that that tradition, yeah. and, and really uh, being the best at marketing that there is. No doubt. Uh, when I sit at a bar and and somebody tells me, "Well, you're not a bourbon. You're not made in Kentucky." You know, and <laughs> and uh, and I'm the CEO of a bourbon company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's no uh, there's no reason to sit there and argue. You know, I think it's it's uh, it's really good to see. Uh, brands really uh, flex, if you will, and bring, bring products from different parts of the country that are also quality, you know, um, that are doing a good job with it. So for us, it was really about setting the stage with custom mash bills. And that's where, you know, the kind of the handcuffs came off of Greg to really produce um, our custom mash bill, which is that blended straight bourbon, yeah. Um, yeah. which is, you know, an incredibly high malted barley uh, mash bill. And so, you know, we like to we, we like to think and we like to hope that, you know, we, we've got everybody on the West making product and, and uh, we're going to we're going to show how <coughs> the small guy can uh, be a cruise ship and turn like a speedboat. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I think, nice and I think flex sure was a great word for, for that. <laughs>
2: And um, how I want to get back to the mash bills for a yeah, second, if you, yeah. if you don't mind. I was just going to so, ask the same question. Oh, <laughs> word. You know, yeah, nah, I know you're going. At, yeah, yeah. So, OK, so um, I guess Kurt came to you and you guys, I guess, developed this custom mash bill for Old Elk. Yes, um, how did that come about? I mean, you know, because I know MGP has, you know, certain mash bills for, and you know, and that's what they have. So how did Old Elk? you know you know i guess flex their way into you and then say hey we want a different mash bill than what you guys provide
0: yeah it was pretty straightforward actually i mean uh you know i as you know i made uh, many many products from many many brands but uh essentially that was the same four or five mash bills uh that were all seeker mash bills it was all uh whiskeys that went into their with bourbons or their blends or whatever right and you know that the you know the the winning point of all that was that <clears throat> uh, you know Seagram's led the way on on producing world class quality whiskeys. So uh, you know, although the mash bills for a lot of those brands were the same, yeah, uh, you know, they were still uh, world class quality whiskeys, which Seagram's really pioneered uh, quality for the whole industry. Uh, but but in any case, uh, in 2012, when uh, Old Elk came to me. I was uh, what thirty-five years in on my career, and they said, "You know, we want you to produce custom mash bills." I said, "Ooh, yeah, right, exactly." <laughs> you know, already then, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was a really long meeting from there. They said, "We want the we want the product. Uh, the first mash bill we want you to produce." is a bourbon, and we want the product to be smooth and easy. Yeah, That was was it? it. That was the only criteria? That was it. They they left. Oh, (laughs) wow. That's (laughs) dope. It's like
1: taking the handcuffs off. You know what
0: Uh, I mean? Luis will comment when I'm done with
2: my story. Yeah, so they they flew in, (laughs) dropped some shit, and then flew off.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, my 35 years uh, career at that point was pretty much all commercial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at commercial level. And uh you know, every year we had to do budgets and every year the company asked us to continue to make the same quality product but we want you to do it cheaper. Yeah. yeah. And 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 the biggest way you did that, uh the, the low hanging fruit if you was, yeah, w- was to reduce the malted barley content and all the mash pills to as far as you could do it without uh causing you uh cooking and fermentation issues. And uh, so uh, Old Elk said they want smooth and easy. And I thought, man, I I know how to get smooth and easy. (laughs) I said, I have to get that malted barley content way up in that mash (laughs) bill. And and then in the back of my mind, uh, I also knew that all the mash bills that I produced over my career always had some degree of rye in them for for a spice characteristic. And to get spice to carry through into the distill, it takes a minimum of 15% rye in the mash bill. So literally, uh, it, it, it became reverse math at that point. I took uh, the, the corn content down to the minimum for a bourbon, which is 51%, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, factored in the 15% rye for the spice that I wanted, and that left me room for 34% malted barley. So, yeah, right. at this point, at this point, I think I have to turn it over to Luis. <laughs> no, but so, so we're,
1: we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hose W. H. Stevens down because Dude, not only, I'm not you, only man, that, a technical like guy, but he, he was a math
5: minor
2: is, in college. So yeah, yeah, math, yeah, he, he's strategy, geeking out right brother. now. You know, yeah, I was man. He still got some, you know, code on my shirt today. So. Yeah,
5: here's some uh, some more math for you, W. H. Uh, <laughs> when
2: we when Greg.
5: <laughs> you can do what you want um he decided to come back to us with the minimum cheapest ingredient appreciate that
4: yeah, um, yeah. The
5: maximum amount of the most expensive ingredient yeah uh, which is 34 percent malted barley and then he made sure to lay the cherry on top by him and kate saying yeah uh, we're going to take several weeks to cut this so we're going to need about 15 tanks <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, definitely, definitely an expensive Nashville, but one that, you know, uh, one that is all about innovation and innovations yeah. in everything that we do. So, nice. you know, if you want to be the best, you've got you to put the best forward. So yeah. uh, that's what we did. Based well, on the product breaks. is fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I know. The results I, is good.
1: I don't know how professional tasters are out there comparing your product to what's already on the shelves, but, but Bill and I compared it to... Um, the Weller. I mean, you know, that that's probably one of my favorite weeded bourbons up until the point when I tasted your offering. And now, <laughs> Seriously. I mean, and now yeah, I look at those as comparable. Basically, on my bourbon shelf, I've moved it to the back of the shelf and yeah, put it behind some bottles. Yeah, because it's I don't dangerous. want people to have it. I want to be selfish with yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want everybody to, hey, can I taste that wheat? I'm like, no, you cannot. You cannot. <laughs> taste that dickle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, really, really all, all, all the mash bills were born, uh, really, of the DNA of Old Elk Company. And, yeah. and that, that was, uh, you know, besides the people and betwi- besides the values, uh, the other big thing was that they wanted to be different than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And hence, uh, all the mash bills that uh, I created for them uh, were intentionally crafted uh, along those lines to be different than everybody else on the shelf. Right, and, and still be world class quality whiskeys, and then throw in the innovation of uh, using slow cut proofing process. So, so, so these, uh, yeah,
3: so, so these guys are in love with the weeded bourbon. I, I'm in love with the straight, the blended straight bourbon. But tell us a little bit the wheat whiskey. Like I, I know there's a, a a number of other distilleries that are coming out with a straight wheat whiskey.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, is that what you think? To 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 use a phrase out of Colorado, is that what you think is like the next frontier?
0: Uh, actually, I do. And uh, you know, actually, uh, for Old Elk, that conversation started uh, uh, six years ago. So at after I uh you know crafted the uh the high malted barley content bourbon mash bill, uh you know, then we had subsequent discussions on, you know, you know, what do you think is gonna be the next new category? And of course back then rye whiskey and yeah. you know, Large Break, Indiana made rye whiskey famous mm-hmm. uh with the ninety-five percent rye mash bill, five percent malt. Well wow. and uh you know, as we talked, I, you know, I you know, Thinking, you know, rye has taken off like crazy, but uh, the wheat wheat and wheat bourbon really is somewhat untapped. There was, you know, obviously very nice products out there uh, with some of the folks that you mentioned. But, uh, you know, it was it was a pretty small category six years ago. So uh, as we talked, I said, well, let's you know, let's let's take some of those uh, wheat and wheat whiskey bills to the extreme. And which is exactly what we did. So yeah. I, I leveraged I leveraged uh, everything that I learned about making ninety five percent rye, five percent malt uh, uh, rye whiskey mash bills, yeah. and and applied that to wheat whiskey. And and what what made that so special is that uh, rye and uh, wheat uh, share the same technical challenges relative to cooking and mashing and uh, and fermenting. Uh, uh Primarily foaming, and, and any time you have foaming uh, uh, occur during fermentation, it's uh, a big negative on the on the, on the quality and the congener profile that's developed. So, uh, the, the big reason that Lawrenceburg made that high rye, high rye, uh, whi- uh, high rye rye whiskey mash bill famous is because we are probably the only people in the industry that know how to create. And produce that mash bill and wind up with World Quest quality product. So, uh, Very nice. every, everything we learned uh, about how to do that uh, translated to the 95% wheat, 5% malt mash bill, which uh, I crafted and produced for Old Fantastic. Then, Man, you, and were then, like,
1: you were like a Jedi master. For he
4: real. is, man. i to this dude talking he's all day. He's LeBron, yeah, man. He's yeah. LeBron. He's, <laughs> yeah.
1: he's, he's, like, he's like sitting here and things are floating around because the force is strong with this one. Dude, that <laughs> is crazy.
0: Yeah, that very nice. nice. All right. So... And so then we really applied... Yeah, I was say then we really applied uh, the same thing to the weeded bourbon. We, you know, that again, there <laughs> so, were some nice weeded bourbons out there. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, uh, Nothing near the 45%. 45% wheat. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So, yeah, we took mm. it to the extreme.
1: Yeah. And it's good. it I'm, I'm. I'm not mad at it at all.
3: Yeah, and What'd
1: you have? Yeah, you want to ask a question.
3: Off. Hey, so Greg, you, you have earned your paycheck tonight, right? So yeah, for real. look look for a paycheck from the plug from Black to Brown. It's coming. <laughs> I got you. So, so I'm going to let you hang out for a second. I'm going to ask Luis the hard question. But before I ask the hard question, I do want to let you know that we let you off the hook with the um, hashtag bourbon sounds like. Yeah. I like the free train answer, but you got, I mean, you listen to music. Don't give me that because you got some nice <laughs> headphones over there. So I know you listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know what Old Elk Bourbon sounds like. I'm going to give you time to think about it while Luis answers this question. All right. I just, just all right. It. I all
0: right,
3: got an answer for you already. All right. You give it, it to me. There. That's what I'm talking about. Cliffs of Dover. What is it's, it? Cliffs, Cliffs of Dover. Cliffs of Dover. Cliffs all, of right. Dover. Okay.
1: all right. <laughs> Cliffs of Dover.
3: I love it. So I'm have to look our that hero. One up. I'm going to have to look, at <laughs> the, yeah, look it up. <laughs> So, old elf it sounds rox. like Cliffs of Dover. Cliffs Can't of rox. Dover. How you listening? Yes. Freebird. I'm going to find
0: that. Freebird. Free <laughs> Queue no. it I'm up a, before we shut down tonight. I know Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my
3: man, i love it. it i love it all right all right louise so the hard question for you so so we are we are black and brown and with the reason we call it black and brown is because all of the the black people that we know we are you know we love bourbon right oh, yeah and and so you know bourbon i think has this reputation of being an old stodgy drink and i see the industry becoming more diverse and more inclusive. So so what is Old Elk doing right now that, to make this a more you know inclusive industry and and to expand diversity and inclusion for your brand?
5: Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of things that brands can do. And you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, uh, everyone attempts to do or really drives to do, whether it be put dollars in certain places, you know, or contribute funds in certain places. For us, it's really about two things. One, it's, it's the golden rule. And I know, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you treat everyone how you would want to be treated. And for us, we have a very wide range of the team, 22 to to, to the old goat in the crowd, right? Um, women, time. women, men, head to females, I and mean, really it's just about um, you know treating everyone like you would want to be treated. And if they have the skill set, that, that's how they end up a whole dog. And I think second to that is really education. It's taking the time to educate on what the business is and what are the spirits and what makes up the spirits and how to consume the spirits and how to enjoy the spirits in a very family-driven and camaraderie uh, uh, setting. And so two things for us really about the golden rule and it's about education. You know, the more education we can put out there for everyone, do podcasts like these and, and right. be a part of all the groups combined. We, we all love the same thing. We all love, we all love bourbon and whiskey, right? And so- That's right. You know,
0: yeah. Add to that briefly and uh, you know because I've, I've seen it and I've lived it is uh, uh, old elk and, and our owners just don't tolerate uh, discrimination of any sort uh, and you know you know we've we've had uh, some issues like that over the year and, and they were corrected uh, quite quickly so awesome yeah nice. Nice. It, it just goes back to the qualities and values uh, that, that that our owners uh, demand so
3: well, well, to your credit, too, I mean, you guys have a, a female head distiller. And I think that that also speaks volume for your commitment to, yeah. to, to making it more of a big tent mm-hmm. ra- ra- rather than a smoke filled room. You know, so
5: right. you can put dollars in places, but we rather put actions in place and really change things. And so uh, given an opportunity and, and doing those things, and hey, you know, the CEO is a, a Cuban guy.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, <there it> is. <laughs> I, I, I got a I I got a quick question. How quickly you said you're rolling out the product in all 50 states, right?
5: We're already out in all 50 states. We okay. hit all 50 states at the end of 2019. Okay.
1: okay. All, right. all right. So, so what's the next big thing for O-Elk? I mean, you got these beautiful four brands here. So what's on the horizon? Can you disclose that? Or is it still like a secret type thing before you make that, that move? You,
2: no,
5: I mean, you told me you wanted this to be very laid back, right? So can't have Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Come on, give uh, it to me, my, yeah. my man. Come
5: on. Uh, so I, you know, I think for us, our, our drive out of the gates has always been to be more than just a, a business that sells a bottle. You know, yep. for us, it's always been about building a house of brands where we can really put quality products in the categories that are growing, whether it be clear spirits, whether it be whiskey, bourbon, flavored whiskeys. You know, with different strategies and different ways of, of developing a house of brands. Yep. When it comes particular to, to old dog, uh, we've, we've got the cannons loaded. You know, I think we have a, an analogy that I, I, I somewhat beat into everyone's head around here, which is, you know, I'm going to give you a clip full of bullets and you're going to shoot it directly. <laughs> and when we hear that ping, we're going to load a cannon and shoot it in the same direction.
2: There <laughs>
5: so, you know, we've got the cannon loaded. I think next next year you're going to see some cast finished products.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
5: You're going to see some of vintage aged products from Old Nugs and things that we've had stored away here. Um, You're going to see some innovation continue to expand around, you know, our flagship mash bill that you see in our blend straight bourbon converting to to more of a sour mash uh, approach, a true sour mash approach, Um, and with a little bit of extra age on it that we've really kind of been holding back that we laid down in 2012. And so we've, we've got a lot of great things coming and, and you're going to continue to see the expansion of wheat bourbon. You know, we've started to hear yeah. a lot of feedback on the market that, you know, we've got uh, a great wheat bourbon and that we're also available and accessible.
4: Mm-hmm. And uh,
5: I think we're in a really good position when it comes from a volume standpoint. So, um, you know, we're going to try to get, 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 it on the ropes and get it, get it knocked out. So we're excited about the future. You know, I think we're going to continue to innovate and put quality out there for our consumers. Right. So it, uh, Yo, I love t-
1: I love the CEO speak because everything he said was like powerliners. He was like, <laughs> <Right>. what, basically, <laughs> what it was, it was like, went. we're doping. It's coming with hammers. That's he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: So you you you, uh, you better gear up. They yeah, first. there it is. <laughs> <laughs> is and awesome, what man. what's most awesome.
1: important to me right now is where can I get those shirts? Because I like to wear the the swag, and I like yeah. both of those. And I couldn't see oh. any any apparel on the website.
5: Well, will you just send up some sizes, a little bit extra, extra small, maybe.
3: Yeah, medium, a medium, 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 Yeah. Hey, hey. Hey, listen! I don't work out to wear extra largest. You know what I'm saying? I work yeah. out so I can wear a smaller Yeah,
1: he he, wants, he likes his pecs to touch. So.
3: <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want you to see my heartbeat. <laughs> I
1: can't do it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, well guys,
3: a gift card to Baby Gap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, we on that, Louise? <laughs> Into the interview?
5: <laughs> no, no we love to hear it out this has been a like pleasure
1: it. for us man yeah so yeah, it's, um it's awesome. I, I know i know my cousin bill is in geek mode right now because we learned uh, about the slow process the slow proof process and then the math behind the wheat. Oh, that was man. dope fantastic, now yeah. we got yeah now we got the the imagery for it i'm definitely going to be testing that process with the glenn karen this weekend oh, yes unfortunately yeah. I, i'm in a situation i can't drink this this
2: weekend definitely
1: there's gonna be some some updating some pictures on instagram behind that your word but but for me and the guys i don't know what they want to say but i thank you guys for coming on and telling us about the brand and we look forward to what you have coming down the pipe
2: you know yeah i really enjoyed it gentlemen yeah
3: yeah, I appreciate you guys.
0: It yeah. as well, with, uh, fun interview, so we appreciate yeah, it. A lot of fun, yeah, really. We hope so. It. We
1: try to make it a little light. We just don't want to yeah. come on and be like a regular podcast where we only talk about bourbon. We want to get to know, like my cousin said, there's always a story with bourbon, and yeah. the best way to understand that bourbon is getting to know the people who actually yeah. deal with that spirit and who make it for our enjoyment. That's right. I appreciate I you guys coming on, and hopefully, we can have you back in the future when you launch something new and you want to talk about it and just get the word out
0: definitely hey
2: william reach out anytime i can i can fix you up with all kinds of tech data so oh really okay you know what i'd be happy to do that yeah man i tell you man this is nice this is fantastic for me all
1: right guys thank you so much all right guys guys. we'll we'll be sending you our sizes for that
2: swag (laughs) (laughs) all right i like it all right guys all right
4: we'll see you
1: take care